Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Don't, Don't raise, raise trade, trade just, just yet. yet. Sit down and strap in for the Ultimate Super Coach Podcast. It's time to win your leagues and dominate your mates. This, this is, is the, the Jewel Position Podcast, hosted by Whisperer and Alrighty, the one that everyone has been waiting for. It's taken us uh, a little bit of time to get this one done, but I think it's going to be definitely worth it in the long run. The position breakdowns, our bread and butter, what we're really going to focus on, Hammer Home. We've got a list of, Christ, 18 players here. Uh, all have their pros, all have their cons. I'm joined, if if anyone's forgotten, because it's been a few a few minutes since we've recorded, joined by my wonderful co-host, Adrianosaurus. Mate, how has the team preparation been going? Because I think I've become the butt of all jokes amongst the Civic Coach Creator community because I'm changing mine every five seconds. Are you doing the same but just not publicizing it as much? Uh, yeah, I don't generally publicize too much because I cover it on my podcast um, where I sort of, every time I go in, I, I let them know my changes I have had a few little accusatory um, messages from the punters saying, oh, you whisper copying. And, and I'm like, you know, you guys need to realize that we basically only touch base when we press record on the podcast. We don't discuss much about our teams. Um, we just throw each other rumors like Matt Amu is training at 13. We don't actually talk discuss our teams too much. So if... You know, if we talk about Supercoach a, a lot on the show or whatever, we might naturally absorb a little bit of, of each other, but we just go our own way. And if it lands the same, it lands the same. <laughs> yeah, you and I talk pretty much every day. We just chat a lot of waffle, but we don't, we ever rarely talk Supercoach away from the camera. So uh, I, I do, th- I do think what you say has some merit. You know, we talk Supercoach. Um, behind a camera, probably four or five hours a week. So, it's, of course, our opinions are going to rub, rub off on each other. But um, yeah, there's, there's uh, it's 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 hugely hugely happening. Um, just some housekeeping. We have a wonderful wonderful sponsor, someone that I've worked pretty close with the last four years. The podcast this year is sponsored by Bet with Joel. Bet with Joel is Australia's most trusted, number one, most reliant, and transparent sports investment service. Uh, use code SCWLISTNER for 50% off the entire NBA season. I think we're halfway through it now, so definitely a good code there. Uh, and code SCWFREEWEEK for your first free week off all um, particular weekly subscriptions, www.betwithjoel.com. Jump over there, check it out. But uh, moving into, I guess, hookers, it's it's funny because we, we all look for... It's one of the positions that, you know, it's probably one of the most consistent, but people still chase upside. And there's very, very few hookers that are going to give us consistency and upside. The way that we've broken down this podcast today is, like I said, I think we've got 18 names here. Um, I've done one, you've done one, and sort of it it flows, it ebbs and flows. So I guess I'll talk about the players that, that I've researched and, and you'll talk about the ones today. Um, I've stitched you up here because I've given myself the probably best hooker prospect this year. <laughs> <laughs> it is Harry Grant. Now, look, we're going to break down price. We're going to break down ownership. We're going to break down last year's average, what we think they could be an average this year. 
Um, some draft stuff for you draft guys out there. Now, these notes are probably about five days old, so ownerships could be out ever so slightly, um, but you get a rough idea. And as I said, Harry Grant right off the bat, 816K. At time of recording, 23.8% ownership, so basically one in every four teams has him. Uh, last year averaged 776 Eight, I've got him tipped at pushing eight. They've got him at 82.0. Now, pretty crucially, his buys are in round nine, 13, and 16. Draft, it's tough because I think if you're playing with captains, you can make merit for Grant going a little bit lower because he probably doesn't have the same upside. But if you're playing no captains, which, by the way, is the superior way to play draft, um, mm-hmm. I've got him going sort of between five and seven. The pros with Harry Grant is that he's got through 12 months without, you know, any re- reoccurring hamstring injuries. We know that they can linger. So 12 months without any reoccurring hamstring injuries is fantastic. Any threat of really any potential minutes for Grant's losing have left with Brandon Smith leaving. Um, he does have no buys as well during the origin period. So if you're going to own Harry Grant for the back end of the season, not uh, a worry. We know that the grand finals are generally a week before the season ends. So it shouldn't be too risk of, um, you know, rotation. Now, the issue with that I'm finding with Grant Ado is, am I going to start with him? Probably. But it's looking like I'm going to have to flick him on about round nine, uh, and we'll get onto that shortly. But I guess he does have a reduced average without Pappenhausen. Now, when is Pappenhausen going to be back? I think the, between now and the last time that we recorded, there's been some, I wouldn't say worrying, but not promising reports. I don't think he's going to be back for the first eight weeks, probably. Um, but that's just my gut feel. Now, as I said, round nine. So, round 14, uh, his match is four days after Origin 1. Uh, in round 18, sorry, round 14, four days after Origin 1, he won't play round 16. Round 18, the match is three days after Origin 2. Round 20, uh, match three of Origin is three days after um, State of Origin. So, from rounds 9 to 28 you basically only get five full games from Grant. So that's probably the, his biggest downside. For me, it's looking like a sell round 10 or round nine, sorry, at the first buy and then potentially pick him up for round 20 in those finals. But yeah, I can't, you can't, dis, you can't really talk down about a guy who I've got pegged at 82 average. No, you can't. And you, you kind of, you, you got to ask yourself that question is, um, you know, a lot of people are, are trying to take advantage of someone like a Boyd or a Cheese. They're deciding who they're going to go with out of Harry Grant or Hines. Do you reckon that could sway you with the, you know, because if you have Hines, he's probably not going to go to Origin. Um, you wouldn't think. Maybe he could. Maybe um, he's 18th but- man, which would make it annoying for owners because obviously you see him not get picked and then he's 18th man. He's still stuck. Yeah, but I mean that could influence because I mean in in my position I've decided to go with Cheese and Boyd in my team. So I was deciding between Harry Grant and Hines. I decided that I wanted to hold Harry. Um, so that could sway a few people. But look, I I, I just in that position you put him in there. You never have to worry about it. Um, I'm not. Oh, well, I'll talk about Cook. I'm not keen on going Cook. I could be swayed into a Robson, possibly save a little bit of crumb. But I, I'm. I'd be lying if I said I haven't got Harry in my team and I'll probably follow the same suit as you is just take the early rounds with him and then um, move him off uh, over that origin and buy sort of period um, and, and get him back for the for the back end. I'll tell you, I'm not too sure what sort of buy coverage you've done in your player analysis, but the ones that I've done, I'll tell you what, rounds 10 to 20, it's looking very, very slim for hookers and, and good hooker options. Um, there's a guy that I'll cover later on in the episode that you know you might laugh at, but 
he's looking like a genuine sort of option throughout the middle, but these premium hookers, like they're all their buys are sort of smack bang in the middle of the season, and it's making it hard to to stomach paying you know eight hundred. But he gets off to a flyer, or if he does get off to a flyer, um, fantastic. At time of recording, I posted um, the sort of the top ten players for try assists last year, Ado, and nine of the ten were sorry, eight of the ten were halves. Uh, one of them was Latrell Mitchell, and the other one was Harry Grant. So, uh, you know, he's up there. He's up there in try assists, and he can he can compete with the best halfbacks. But it's it is that round nine to probably round twenty dry spell where he's probably gonna yeah only play five or six full games in eleven twelve weeks. So if you are taking yep. if you are taking Grant, uh, my very early advice would be probably look to trade him out at, at his first buy. Um, but the question two two uh, we we sure will cover this. Um, Damien Cook, you know his first buy is until round sixteen, but you're not overly keen. Well. You know, choosing between these two guys, um, Harry Grant's the clear choice for me. Um, look, let's go over Damian Cook. 797700 He's a stone's throw um, on price away from Harry Grant. Last year, he was absolutely amazing. Uh, probably exceeded. We all thought he was going to go backwards, didn't we? Getting older and no Latrell for a big part of the season. But he finished with an average of 752 um, I've got him pegged um, for a 71.76, so basically 72 this year, a drop of three points on um, last year. Um, his buys are later, um, round 16, round 21, round 26, and his ownership at the time of us um, doing our, uh, our research was 2.2%. That really surprises me because Damien Cook is like, and I hate using the word casual, but like he's a casual player. Like everyone that, you know, is very, like very loosely in the supercoach would know Damien Cook. So I'm surprised his ownership is so low. Yeah, it really does surprise me. Um, he is one of those hookers that can get 100 too. I'll put that in um, one of the, the pros about him is that he's, he's a 90 and 100 getter on a regular um, occurrence. Um, probably even more hundreds in him than Harry Grant. Um, look, he for draft, it, you know, if you're not going to get um, Harry Grant, I think the next one you're going to grab, um, once it goes Harry Grant, Cook and Robson, you might as well just sit there and go for another pick, I reckon, in um, in draft because, you know, you, you, there's enough good options that'll be 50, 60. And if you don't get one of these top three, um, I reckon you could just skip the hooker and grab someone on the dregs and then go for another position. So um, Damian Cook will certainly be somebody that people will be snafuing. Um, well, maybe not even in the first round anymore these days. I reckon he might get done on the second um, second round of picks. Um, look, he will play probably near 80 minutes a game. Um, they don't – last year he, he averaged pretty – in the, in the high 70s minutes. So I expect that he's going to probably play big minutes. Are they going to even go with um, uh, you? T- who, who are they going to have on the bench that's going to spell him? I can only think of Taff filling the 14 role and I don't see him spelling Cook. No, I don't see him coming on in in, in, in dummy half. So look, he's going to probably play um, 80 um, near, or close to 80 nearly every um, game. His buys are late in the year, which is something that we just talked about with Harry Grant. It's a bit of a fiddle, isn't it? Because... Um, if you get Cook, you can hold him. And look, um, he's not even definite to go to Origin because you've got the emergence of Robson and Coruscant. They could even be – this could be the year that they decide to pass the mantle on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be outstanding, wouldn't it, if you decided to take a punt on Cook. You don't get a buy till around 16 and he just misses Origin because he missed the Kangaroo. He missed the uh, World Cup. Yeah, look, and that's the thing. Like, if he doesn't play Origin, um, there's huge merit. You go – uh, you know, you'd, you'd go Grant to to Cook in round ten, 
and you're missing one game from Cook in round 16, and you pick Grant up back in round 20 or, or round 21. Um, yeah. I guess I guess the buys for Cook are a pro and a con. Uh, round 26 would absolutely rule him out um, of anyone's team for the run home because that's obviously grand final week. But yeah, yeah like uh, 80 minute hookers are a huge rarity, and yep, Cook definitely. is Cook, Cook is yeah definitely one of them. As you said. All he needs to do is get a try involvement, whether that be a try assist, and if that comes with a line break assist, Cook's got the base for that to be basically an automatic hundred. Uh, yep. And does have you know fantastic upside, great running game. Um, we saw that sort of come back. Uh, that you know the the classic tale of Bennett killing Supercoach hookers. Uh, we saw yeah Cook really bounce back, and as you said, surprisingly only two points behind Harry Grant, who everyone's saying is the holy grail for for hookers. Yeah, Cook was only two yeah. points behind him, so. Look, if you want just, some, do you want some cons? I'll give you some cons of course, of on course. Damian Cook, which is why I'm I've decided to go Harry Grant instead of him. He's got a very hard draw to start the year, and some players uh the draw doesn't matter to them at all, but that's not the case with Cook. Um he's got the Sharks, he's got the Panthers, he's got the Roosters, he's got the Melbourne Storm. Four of those are out of his first five games. Those guys, um, his average against the Sharks is 62. Um now that's quite a bit off his average last year. His average score um, against the Penrith Panthers is 58. His average against the Chooks is 53. And his average against the Melbourne Storm is 52. So that's like 20 points. And, of course, it is the Melbourne Storm. But four out of your first five games, um, are you going to be happy with 60, you know, as an average from Cook to start the year? I think um, looking at that Melbourne Storm early draw, and if you go over the historic um, averages for Harry Grant against the teams he's got over the first five rounds, we're talking 80s and 90s. So uh, it is it is unfortunately one of those things where I look at that early draw and it does spook me a little bit on Damien Cook. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Like what what you're saying there, like, and, and I, I know the hard draw. Some people are like, oh well, if it's a hard draw for forwards, and that means more work in the middle, so it'd be an uptick in points. But with Cook there, yeah, it's you know 15, 20 point drop off. Like historically, Cook isn't a, a young player. Like there is a good enough sample size here now to suggest that um, that average is is quite lower in those games. Could be, and like as I said to you, uh, Cook's the kind of guy who thrives off those upside plays, uh, the attacking involvement. And as we can see here against these tougher sides, yeah, he's punching out middling 50s and 60s, but at nearly 800k, I'd, I'd probably want a little bit more upside um, earlier on. But, you know, mid-season trade, that he could be fantastic if the price does come down. I guess if if you aren't going Cook, you aren't going Grant, a lot of teams are, you know, being built around Reese Robson at 678k, 8% ownership. Uh, last year, averaged 655 I've got him this year averaging about 68, so a very, very slight uptick. With buyers coming in round 15, 19, and 24. In draft, I would say he's probably a late round two, early round three kind of guy. Um, the clear hooker three for, for mine, but do you want to be overpaying to get a set and forget hooker? I'm not too sure, considering I've only got him pegged at a 68 average. The pros, though, we all know his work rate. Um, he never, in his career, has never fluctuated from a 0.8 to a, sorry, yeah, 0.8 to a 0.86 ppm uh, in four years. So a very, very consistent, you know, output, you know, what you're going to get from him. Uh, most likely locked in for 75 minutes as well with no huge threat coming from the bench. Jake Granville might get named at 14, but even last year he wasn't playing huge minutes. Um, he's got through 48 games in the last two years as well. So, you know, 24 games uh, a year on average in the last two years. So durability is there. Um, and has an absolute golden draw to start the season. We all know about the Cowboys' absolutely brilliant run. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's six points within Grant for the first six weeks. Um, season average, I think Grant obviously will, will cover him quite easily. 
Uh, but with the golden draw, you know, and I've only got him six points different from Grant in the opening six weeks. He's 140k cheaper. You know, fantastic. The the cons with Robson, though, is he does lack the upside that you'd want from someone at nearly 700k. You know, we're paying that money. We want to see some big scores. Although the consistency is going to be there, we want some some big scores. Look, he's only got three scores over 90. Um, he also isn't available for the important rounds when Grant is out. Um, you know, we mentioned that he's out round 15, round 19. They're pretty big weeks that Grant is out if you're building around Grant and you want to go to Robson. Um, and so if you want a mid-season, mid-season cover, uh, that's not there. And he also misses week one of Supercoach Finals for the back end. Now, I know it's a long, long way away, but it's definitely something to worth worth mentioning and putting in your planning. Uh, mm. But with Robson, though, like I can see it because career PPM of 0.8 to no, 0.86, 80 minutes a game. There's a career average of 64. You know, we take up the the golden draw. If you want to add 10 points to that, you know, based off some involvements over the coming weeks. And yeah, you know, pushing 75 for the opening six weeks for, for a cheaper price on Grant. I can see why. And I'm surprised the ownership is only 7.2%, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, and we, we this is out of, out of date by a week for us. He's only at 7.9 in live um, ownership. Yeah. So it is lower than I thought. Um, I can see the merit in it because that is an absolutely sensational um, run of games. I reckon he is one of those hookers that is getting... I mean, you look at his improvement last year on the year before, the rate of knots of improvement. I guess some people are saying, is he going to go even to the next level um, again this year? I'm personally tipping the cows to go backward a tiny bit this mm-hmm. year. Still be there and about. Um, but like you said, he's not a big 100-getter. Um, I reckon with that draw, you could probably make a case for him um, to start the season. If, if if you wanted to save, it's 130-something grand. The question... That could be the, that could be the difference between a, a, a Elliot and you get him up to an Angus Crichton. The question, you know, so. the question that I put to these 7.9% of people, though, if the Cowboys didn't have a golden draw, are we looking at Robson based off the fact that he is nearly 700K and only three scores above 90? Well, you put it this way. If Robson had Cook's draw and Cook had Robson's draw, I'd take Cook every day of the week. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm thinking. And, and Robson's been in and out of my side. Like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on not taking him. I'm not 100% sold on taking Harry Grant because the draw is so enticing. I just don't know at 700k for three scores above 90. That's the big sticking point for me. But don't get me wrong. I don't expect Robson to score below 60 in these opening eight weeks. So if you're going to have that safe as houses, you know, floor, um, I can see it. But then in saying that though, we saw Cook's career average against those sides, and it wasn't. It was what 58 was the worst. So Cook's got more upside. Maybe you take the the punt on on Cook at you know 2.2 percent ownership or whatever it is. So. It comes down to what you want from your hooker. If you want safe house, safe as house of scores in, you know, consistent sixties. I think Robson's your guy with the you know, occasional higher score. Um, balls to the wall, Damien Cook. I spend the money on Harry Grant. They're probably our tier one guys. You know, I think there's three clear cut tier one guys. Yeah, if someone, if if you've got one of those three hookers in your oh, team, you're not going wrong. Really, do it. you're not playing bad, super coach. No. Are you? Your next middle tier, though, these are the guys you can make a case and be your hooker one. But a lot of these people are pairing up with with another. Supercoach option, and geez, over fifty three percent of people own Brandon Smith. Yeah, that's huge, isn't it? Um, he is the flavor of preseason, isn't he? Um, look, the main thing. Uh, well, let's let's go over the the nuts and bolts. Four hundred seventy eight thousand two hundred, which is very much mid in today's money. Um, you know, last year we were going for people like Randall. 
you know, because we we had a midi in Randall and we he was such a slow burn and I couldn't get rid of him, you know, when I wanted to and I had to hold on to him until he eventually started to, you know, go up and uh, just enough to get him up, you know, to to trade him upward. Um, the cheese, he's fifty three point two percent ownership. It's almost scary if you don't go him. Antipod, but he's not ter- hurt- antipod territory. Well, I mean, he's not gonna. He hasn't got a huge ceiling. He, he doesn't get many hundreds, does he? Um, and there is that unknown of how um, they're going to be using him um, at the Roosters. We'll cover that in cons. Um, look, the average in two thousand twenty-two is forty-five point five. Um, I've projected him in this two thousand and twenty-three season to average sixty-six, and and I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to get sixty-five minutes because they will have. Um, probably Turpin on the bench. Uh, everyone who thinks he's going to be an 80-minute hooker, it's not going to be the case. Um, I think he'll get 65 realistically, and I think you should probably set your sights for that. Um, look, um, he's buy, he's got a buy in round four, a buy in round 13, a buy in round 19. So um, that's probably not the greatest either, is it, around that 13, mm. 19, if you're a Harry Grant. You're seeing, a common, you're seeing a common thing here, aren't you? There's, uh, you know, many, many missing mouths during this middle part of the year. Yep. Um, look, for draft, he's unlikely to feature in the early round picks because he's not a top tier one, but he could be an easy pickup in your round three or even four if... Um, depending on your league size, I would personally, if I was playing draft, if I'd miss Robson, Cook, or um, Grant, I would just skip Hooker and I'd go to try to get one of those yeah. um, high-ceiling guys in I've, one of the other positions. I'd take a Dave Fafita with a big ceiling and I'd just come try to wheel my way back around with to draft, Hooker. With draft, I find, with draft, I find these classic guys, like the guys that classic players hype up, get overdrafted. And I feel like Brandon Smith could be overdrafted. Like you got him you've got him pegged at what, sixty six? Yep. And look, that's great, but that ain't round three territory for me. Like that's not early round three. And and I think people could overdraft him. So I think you're spot on with your evaluation of round four. But yep. I think people might just buy into the hype a little bit too much. Yeah, I think so. And you know, it, people do silly things like they'll, you know, skip a, a Garrick and they'll grab a Brandon Smith you know, once the hookers start getting picked up and, you know, Garrick with Turbo in the team will probably average 80, you know, 70s, you know, so you grab him, um, or, you know, but people all, you know, they'll, they'll get sucked into Brandon Smith. Um, look, his pros, um, his minutes last year were 49.35 um, minutes a game, which was very low. He was on the skids at Melbourne Storm because he'd signed with the Chooks um, and he's going to get a real minute uptick, tick, I reckon. Um, he's probably going to get 15 minutes conservatively. I mean, what do you think he's going to play in that team? 65, probably? Yeah, 60, 65. I don't, I don't know if, if Turpin's going to come on and take too much, but I think it's also yeah. worth noting that those minutes last year were through the middle in an unnatural position for him as well. So he's had all preseason to train. I think Brandon Smith's been very open over the last couple of years about his playing weight about how he puts on more weight to play 13 and drops weight to play nine. And you think him dropping weight would allow him to play bigger minutes as well. Yep. Um, If you go back to 2021, he was covering um, injured Harry Grant. He played 60 minutes a game and he averaged 68. So I think we're going to be in that sort of ballpark, 65 minutes. I'm saying 66.3 as his average. Um, He's got a, uh, he's over the last five years, his points per minute has been is 1.02. 
He's a hooker that, and I know a lot of it is back row, and that generally means a little bit better of a PPM, but he's a bloke that has a good PPM traditionally. That's over five years, and that's having played a, a quite a bit of hooker as well. So if he if he plays 65, he's going to average in the 60s. That's just Brandon Smith to a T, and he's such a value pick this year because there is going to be – you slide an extra 20 minutes into a player – um, with a good PPM, it's going to mean points. And, and Brandon Smith's going to make money. Um, and you could get him up probably – I reckon he can make money to cook quicker, you know, than, than a lot of other people that you'd be going with in the uh, hooker position. Um, so I'm I'm tipping him for 66.5. The cons for him, look, uh, it's a new team. Um, and there's some unknowns about how he's going to be used and how, how the minutes are going to be. We are really spitballing that it's going to be 65, maybe 70, that Turpin's not going to play lots of minutes. Um, but do we know for sure? Um, you know, he, he, he could get up to – Turpin could play 20 minutes a game in, in re- realistically, so it could be just 60 minutes for him. Um, we hope it's not. Um, and he's likely not to have a licence that he did in the Melbourne Storm. That's my guess. Because in the Melbourne Storm, because he'd been there for so long, his whole career basically um, – or was it his whole career? Did he only ever play for the Melbourne Storm? Um, he was a big fish in that pond. Even with all of those big names, he had a bit of license to sort of go for those dummy half close to the line. And some of those were actually really low percentage dummy half ones, weren't they? And, he, you know, he's such a little tough wombat of a thing that he got over for tries. Um, Robbo, he doesn't really, you know, he's had solid, you know, even with Jake Friend, he's had solid basic sort of um, hookers. And I don't know if he's going to have the license to do the all of the stuff that he did at the Melbourne Storm. And there is a lot of strike in that team. So they might be like, hey, pull it back a bit, son. We've got Joey Manu out there, you know. So um, there could be maybe a little bit more no-frills play from him. I don't know if that's going to detract from, you know, him still being a great player for our teams this year. And I've got him in my team. And I have absolutely no doubts that he's going to get up to the 650 mark. um, And he's probably going to do it in pretty um, short amount of time. Yeah, like no, no matter what has happened in my team this preseason, I've made 700 drafts, but Brandon Smith has been in every single one of them and he'll never come out of it. The thing I'm looking at is the price at 45. I mean, you've got him pegged at 66, even if he averages 60. I mean, that's still 15 points of value. Are we saying he's a keeper? Probably not. Um, losing the 2RF tag does hurt because if he was available, 2RF as well could make you more of a borderline keeper all season long. But still, I mean, your, your, your price at 45, uh, hooker for the Roosters, 60 minutes, uh, I'm not really seeing a whole yeah, lot of I mean, just, say, just, say Cook, just say Cook misses Origin and, you know, he's fattened up beautifully the cheese. Mm. Um, you could go over to Cook. 100%, yeah. 100%. Um, if I told you someone averaged 75 uh, finishing the season last year at a three-round average has shown the ability to average over 70 uh, for a 10-week sample as well uh, and is locked into play 80 minutes you wouldn't say you're 0.8% ownership. And that's got me confused on Jaden Braley. I'm really high on Jaden Braley this year, actually. He's, uh, yeah. uh, this text is too small, but I think it's 607K. Look, last year averaged 57.8. I've got him pegged at about 62, 63 this year. Um, mm-hmm. Buys in around 10, 14, and 19. So he's available for the, you know, for the Supercoach finals. Once again, though, not available for that mid part of the year, which is not ideal. Uh, in draft, I think he would go in round six or seven. And I think he's going to be yeah. one of the most underrated players or underrated hookers this year in draft. 
The big pros for Braley is he is an 80-minute hooker week in, week out, guaranteed. No one's taken his spot. He's the club captain. Uh, he is one of the few hookers that I generally think is locked in 80 minutes. Do you reckon Kurt Mann's going to come on and spell him? No, I think... No, I think I just, Kurt I just, Mann can't play dummy heart. He's one of the ugliest passes I've ever seen. Jaden Braley is good. Like Jaden, Jaden, I rate Jaden Braley very highly. Um, yeah, with, I like both the Braley boys. They're yeah. good, solid um, footballers. Um, and, you know, he, even last year, coming back from major, major injury, um, you know, he sort of started mildly when he first came when he first came back, but that uh, end of year average, I think it was a three or four game stint at the end of the year, wasn't it? With with seventies, um, you know, he's one of the rare eighty minute hookers this year, and it is a road less travelled. I mean, we think he's going to average low sixties. Um, Why would you buy him for six hundred and seven when you could get um, the cheese for two hundred? That's that's, that's the only thing, and that's and that's what I'll come to. But like as I said, like eighty minute hooker locked in with Randall being moved on. I, I just think there's zero threat. I don't care about Kurt Man. Um, he's also had a full preseason uninterrupted after that long injury layoff. Um, you know, at the start of last year. He came back slow, uh, but he finished with a three-round average of 73. Uh, the matches in round 110 back in 2021, he also averaged 74.2. As I said at the start of this sort of player analysis, he's shown the ability over a long period of time to average uh, you know, 70-plus. The concerning thing was rounds 11 to basically the end of the season in 2021. He averaged, he dropped off a cliff, but he has shown the ability to average substantially you know, higher than what he's priced at over a long period of time. Um, he's also extremely consistent being a career 0.74 PPM kind of guy. So if we put that at 80 minutes, um, you know, you know, we're looking at 60. The cons, again, he doesn't cover that important middle part of the season, as we've touched on, um, where we do need cover. And he's just so boring, isn't he? Like Jaden Braley, he's just so meat and potatoes. Even if it all went to plan for, for Jaden Braley, like he's absolute best it's probably 75, and that's like his absolute best footy. And that's perfectly fine for a backup hooker. Like, if you're getting 75 from a backup hooker, fantastic. But do we want to be paying 600K for a backup hooker? That's the problem. If he was 500, I'd be much more interested. But 600, yeah. it's it, the d- definition of that awkward price range. He's priced, you know, 12 points higher than Brandon Smith. Um, he's just right in the middle. And like I said, at his absolute best, it's only 75 but for 600k, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit meh. Um, and I just feel for 600k, you want to be making good money uh, or be a season keeper. And I don't think he's you know either of those. Um, and he just, if you want a really, really safe pair of hands, obviously Braley is the guy, but I just don't see that 100 point upside in him. But like I said, he did finish the season fantastically last year. And I do think 0.8% is probably a little bit low for what he can do. Yeah, I mean, it's so bizarre that we've every one that we've gone through, none, all of them are bottom buys around that yeah. um, middle section. So uh, we're we're down into the middle tier, you know, of the ones that um you know did okay in last year and um are, are your midi. So we're going to have to find some diamonds in the rough here for um for for hookers around those um, buy periods. Um, I want to go with Reed Marnie here. He's in the mid middies. We're talking about five hundred seventy four thousand eight hundred. If you had to guess what Reed Marnie's ownership is compared to Jaden Braley, let's let's have a stab at Reed yeah, Marnie. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. This is this is ten times. I wrote wow next to it. I t- couldn't believe it. Ten times the amount of people own Reed Marnie than Jaden Braley. I think that's bizarre. Seven point nine percent people own Reed Marnie. Must be all these like optimistic dogs fans. And look, I think they're on for a, a bit better of a year this year. Look, seven point nine percent ownership really surprises me. Um, 
I, I can't believe it. I, I mean, where are people? Are they start? I mean, seven point nine. Are they going him instead of Brandon Smith, or are they going him as their main hooker I'm, and Brandon I'm, Smith? I'm, I don't know about you. I'm getting big trap vibes from Reed Money. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk people out of him. Hopefully, um, his 2022 average was 54.6. When I went to have a look at that, I was like, did he just was it? Were they spelling him? You know, um, in hooker, I did st- he only play 65 minutes? I started with him, mate. Like literally last year, I was tossing between, um, I think it was Harry Grant and Mitch Moses or Reed Marty and Sam Walker. And I opted for Sam Marty and Reed Walker, and Harry Grant and Mitch Moses absolutely fucking killed it. And yeah, I just Reed Marty, he just. Everything that made him so good in 2021 was just gone last year. Yeah. He averaged 76.9 minutes, which is nearly heading up towards 80 minutes a game. Um, I projected him this year if he plays 80 minutes. Are they going to have a hooker on the bench spelling him? I think Reed Money, actually, as long as his body's healthy, I reckon he could play 80 minutes. He is a small body, but he's a he's a, he's a a tank. He goes he hard. Had, he had he those... He had those two shoulder complaints. Um, I think it, I want to say last year that oh, it might have been the year before, but he's he's had yeah historic sh- shoulder issues. So fitness for him definitely is the big thing. Yeah, well, I've got him pegged at a sixty point eight um, for this year. He's also on the buys in round thirteen, round seventeen, round twenty three. So look, the round thirteen's looking dusty if you did want to go him, but he's um you know you're going to have round seventeen and round twenty. You know the other ones are missing from fourteen and nineteen, so maybe that could work for you. Um, for draft, my notes are you could do a hell of a lot worse than landing Marnie as a scrap. You know, like because I, I I'm giving up after Robson, and you know, yeah. like you said, if you landed on a Braley, at a, you know, just in dregs after you'd already picked up other players in your draft. M- Marnie will just sit there and he'll probably just be a 60 point averager against those people like uh, who grab, you know, Robson, who's going to average 66. Um, I reckon he's only going to be six points behind. So no one's going to pick him up. He'll probably be just left there. Just on, you know, you'll be last, last fifth round or something, you know, sixth round, you'll, you'll get picked up. Just on those buys, the problem with this is you're not starting with him, but if you trade him in, you have to trade him then out because he's out round 23. So like yeah, you're wasting right. two trades to get him in for what rounds. What, what, what were the two rounds of concern? 16 and 19? Like, you're wasting two trades to, to get cover there. Um, and that's the, the big issue because, yeah, round 23 does stick out. And I know that we keep harping on about it, but it is important to have, uh, you know, your best side available come finals time. Yep. Um, look, I try to find some pros for him. I don't know if they're going to have a utility on the bench like Beyond Yoda or someone who's going to spell him for minutes. You know, I'm looking at their lineups and I think, you know, they could go in with four forward bench. I don't know if they're going to have somebody in there that is going to cover. I'm, I'm, um, I can really only think of Jackson to Pine. Um, they can play a bit of lock, a bit of nine on the bench. But, but yeah, Marnie should be looking at 70 plus minutes, you would imagine. Yeah, well, that's what I've said. It, it'll be 70 at a minimum. Um, I, and he's a co-captain in their weird sort of captain thing, isn't he? One of the co-on-field captains or something. Yeah, yeah or the, yeah. the seven of them. Yep, so maybe he steps up. I just think people think, um, you know, he the dogs are on the big rise. Well, I mean, Parramatta Eels made the grand final last year, you know, um, and he did all his best stuff, got himself up to Queensland squad playing for Parramatta. And you, I don't know if it's a step. I mean, look, we're, I'm expecting good things from the dogs, but I don't think they're going to be as good as Parramatta this year. No. Um so he's going into a team that is on the rise, but not as good as the team he's come from. He's probably going to have a little bit more responsibility and maturity required of him there, but I don't know if that's going to equate to extra points because he had 76 minutes last year and he's still on his average 54.6. Um, 
He doesn't stack up against Cheese, who's 100K cheaper. He's going to average less. So why would you pay a, a 100K extra for somebody who's going to average less? I'll put, this, I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you. For 23K difference and, you know, 10 times the amount of ownership, would you rather Brayley or Marnie? I'd rather Brayley. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather Brayley any day of the week because... Um, I, you know, you could, you could honestly, you would be watching Marnie biting your fingernails all game. He's just like, the problem with Marnie is like, you could pull up NRL.com and see Marnie's on 55 tackles, <laughs> but he's on 55 points. That's all he's done. Like no runs, mm. no creativity, no offloads, no tackle busts. It's just tackles. Um, yeah. and that's what he lost a lot last year. He lost a lot of the tries, a lot of the, the, the attack and, um, I'm just not too sure. I think with the way the Bulldogs are going to be playing, uh, I don't really see much more of that happening for him, which, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, he's easy. I, I just think that that seven point whatever has got to rethink their choice. I just think that um, if you go him, you are really drawing a lot of conclusions about what he's going to do this year. So much better than what he's done. You're in buying. The in, you're buying into a narrative, not the stats. I feel if you. That's right. Money, yep. Yeah. So he, he's he's on a on a no go hey, for me. But that's the thing though. Like I'm a huge stat nerd with Supercoach. Doesn't mean it's the right way to play. If you're a vibes kind of guy, if you're a narrative kind of guy, and you believe in like the Bulldogs bounce back, hundred percent. Take take read money. Um, but this, yep. for, for me, the stats just don't back up, and that's what I base a bit of my opinion on. Um, Sam Verrills, 551k, 0.9 percent ownership last year, averaged 52.4. It's hard. I don't really know. I've got him at 48, but it could be 55. Like, it's probably a 10-point fluctuation. Uh, the bias for Verrill this year, round 5, round 13, round 16. Um, for draft, he finishes the hooker 11 last year, but the problem is he doesn't have the the duel. So if you're looking at him as, like, a late option to, to have on your bench, he, he can't come in and cover multiple positions. It's only hooker. Um, and for me, he's not a starter. So therefore, if you're going to be drafting him, he's going to be a guy that you're punting hooker on and you're drafting him very late. The, the pros with Sam Verrills, in games over 70 minutes last year, he averaged 68.3. That's, you know, pretty pretty impressive. Um, he does have a it good... shocked me. Yeah, it yeah. Shocked but, me. Um, he does have a good historic PPM of around 0.8, which would be a 64 average for 80 minutes. Um, it's just, you know, there's a lot of hookers, and we'll, we'll touch on those. Um, Verrills, he's a very crafty hooker who probably could use his mobile forwards quite well, like Tino, uh, both former Aaron Clark, Fafita. Um, even Mo Fodawaka, like these guys that like to run onto the ball, um, he could find a you know a bit of success there. Um, the pros, oh, sorry, the cons though, he waited and waited and waited for his chance. Uh, Jake Friend retired, and then he just gets shipped off at the first moment's notice. I'm not too sure if that says much about what the Roosters thought of him, um, but he's going to a Titan side who have plenty of rotation risk. You know, you've got Aaron Clark. As much as Tanner Boyd is locked into the seven, you know, he did play nine times last year. I don't think they're going to give up on. Toby Sexton after, you know, half a bad year. So Sexton could come in, Clark could Clark could play nine, Boyd could play nine. You've also got Aaron Booth and you've got Chris Randall as well. So there's, you know, a lot of names there and the minutes aren't guaranteed. If you told me Verrills was locked into 80, definitely could get around it. But the problem is it's just, it's so hard. Um, yeah, and the coach is a lunatic, honestly. Yeah. His job's on the line. Um, but, but, I mean, if you look at what we've predicted there, 17, it looks like they're going to go with Jaden Campbell on the bench. Yeah. Um, they, where are they going to bring Jaden Campbell on? Are they going to put him to fullback and bring Brimson up to the halves? Maybe they use Boyd for 10 Boyd, minutes. Yeah, Boyd and Hooker. That's Spell the him. thing. Like it's, it's, uh, and I guess the other really bad thing about Verrills is he's only played 33 games in three years. Yeah. So I was trying to look up. Um, I, I was like, is that less than Tommy Turbo? Is, is it? <laughs> 
And no, it's well, Tommy Turbo had his 15 year Dally M and then he had sevens on either side. Oh. So that's 29 games. So he's only just, only just yeah. he's so, made a glass. So yeah, and also he's just a really shit price. Like 551 is just a gross price. Um, look, if you've got 80 minutes, if, if Justin Holbrook came out tomorrow and said Sam Verrills is playing 80 minutes, probably would be in my team. Not gonna lie, probably would be in my team, but just yeah, I just don't know. He could play 40, he could play 80. Could, I've never owned Sam Verrills for Supercoach. Nah, either, either have I. And I don't expect that to happen uh, in 2021. Yep. Um, next one on our list is Aaron Clark. And he's an interesting one, actually. He piques my interest a little bit. Before um, before you go on your tangent, has Aaron Clark made his way into your team at some point this preseason? Um, no. Oh, okay. He's made him. <laughs> there you go. I've had everyone for a bit. Uh, yeah, oh, you've had everyone through. You post the new team every day. But I've not had him through my um, team because I like to go to these players who I feel very confident on, you know, what their role is. And I've really got questions over what they're going to, how they're going to use him and what his minutes are going to be. But we'll get to that. Um, Aaron Clark, he is one of those handy ones with the hooker and second row forward um, duel. I'm seeing most people pick him in second row forward. Not in hooker, um, but he is around that same price as cheese. So, what do you, what do you, does he stack what do you up against that? cheese? What do you think of that picking him in second row over hooker? Because I think his value presents itself in second row. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go him and you're predicting the best stuff that in the best case scenario of what you expect for Aaron Clark this year, he could stack up probably okay against someone like um, Ghana or uh, Alicia Katoa or you know these ones that everyone's going. Uh, and if you're having, if you you're looking to do the trades in your hooker position around Origin time, he's he's a five around thirteen and around sixteen. Um, but you still have a little bit of movability when you're trading, which is an advantage. Um, oh, look, I've said um, average in twenty two two thousand twenty two was forty seven. His minutes was fifty nine point nine five last year. I always want to have a look at that because I. I felt like last year, I was like, if he had more minutes and he was playing lock, I reckon he could be pretty good. Um, I'm projecting him this year um, for an average of 50.05. And I got absolutely hammered by Nathan from Supercoach Guns on that. Um, Look, he pointed out something very important to me because I worked it out on 65 minutes at his career PPM, which is 0.77. Nathan pointed out to me that, look, um, his PPM probably goes up to a running, a lock um, PPM. So he said, I think he's a candidate for a PPM improvement. So, you know, if he can improve that up to, let's say, a 0.85, he'll get 55. If he can get it up to a 0.95, he'll average 60. You know, so I think he probably... If he gets 65 minutes at lock, uh, I reckon his PPM will improve, and that conservative um, tip on his historic PPM will actually probably see him have a higher average, more like 60. Um, so let's say 60. Let's say he gets 65 and he improves his PPM. Um, for draft, I was like, his, his only um, value in draft is that he is dual. When we're talking about Verrills not having any value in draft, Aaron Clark does because oh, I'm if taking, you get an injury, I'm taking Clark yeah. miles ahead of Verrills in drafts. Yeah, because absolutely. Of the Same because he you can you've got move maneuverability. You can put him in your hooker if you've got an injury or a buy, and you can move him down to the second row. Extremely helpful um, in um, draft. I, I make my trades in draft to be able to cover positions, multiple positions. They're so valuable in in draft. So he has some value there. Um, look, his his pro is that he is dual. Um, he looks set that he's going to start for lock at the Titans, but. Um, 
Last year, I mean, in the negatives, I mean, it looks like he's going to start in lock, but do you reckon that we could see stupidity? I mean, Tino really has no value as a lock, in my opinion. I think he looks much, much better in the front. That's the thing, man. He's he's 494K. If he was 404K, far out. I'd be so, so keen. I just... The same problem with Sam Verrill is like, what are the minutes? And, and like my rotation, it's Mofo and Tino up top with Verrill's at nine and Clark at 13. But then like, what does the, like, what are the minutes look like? And that's like, if we got some more clarification through the trials and like before, and like we could get a shorty that he was playing 60 minutes at lock. I, just, I think his points per minute would like jump up over one and therefore he'd be averaging 60 plus and I'd be very keen. Um, yeah. Just right now, it's just so awkward. Like it's just so tough. Yeah. I mean, when I say, I reckon um, the cheese will get sixty minutes. I've, I'm very confident it's sixty minimum. Oh, we're much more confident on, on 65, that. Sixty-five, yeah, sixty-five. Uh, best case scenario, sixty-five, seventy, probably sixty-five. If they go with Turpin on the bench with Aaron Clark, it could be fifty-nine like last year, or it could be sixty-five, seventy, or sixty-five would be perfect. I reckon for him, and I think his PPM will improve. So, but that's just too scary for me. I reckon I could get him. Uh, into my team and then find out that they playing for the first 20 minutes and then move Tino down to lock mm. and he only plays 30, 40 minutes in the first game. You'd be pulling your hair out. Yeah. Um, and, Tino, and Tino being captain as well. It's just like, fuck, like, I just, I just don't Tino's know. going to play big minutes and Tino seems to like, oh, well, someone, someone likes Tino at lock. So I don't, I don't uh, get that. I, I remember copying before you jump into your cons. I, I remember copying so much flack because I said, Tino, is not a good lock and everyone takes that as like a oh he's not a good football player I think Tino's fantastic I think he's one of the best front row forwards in the game but he just presents yeah. no value at lock for me and I think Aaron Clark we saw how good the Titans looked and how good Aaron Clark looked at 13 like mobile well, needle he's so he's got really good passing game mm. um, he can pass left and right you know, in the last year, um, Tino came on as a front row because he, he's got a fend on him now and he's got an offload. It makes him an elite front row, a Tuppany type good. I was literally about to say, he's similar to Tuppany. Yep. He's, he's made himself into an elite front rower. Um, you know, the, we're in this mobile ball playing left, right sort of um, lock, and that really suits Aaron Clark. Look, the cons are he doesn't have a great PPM. Um, and so we are, we, we're, we're forecasting, hopefully, that he's going to get extra minutes and we're going to see a jump in his PPM. That's two things that we're expecting. Now, you know, if if, you, if you're going to be speculating for two things, maybe one of them comes off and the other one doesn't. You know, uh, that's just the nature of asking for multiple things. Um, I think he doesn't really... I would prefer to go cheese because I feel more confident about the minutes. And in the second row forward, he might be um, on those hopeful things that we've got be a better option than some of the other ones in the same price point. Um, but again, I feel confident that Garner, even on tries alone in that yeah. Penrith Panthers team will average 60. That's the thing. That's And that's the thing, like for the same price or for the cheaper price, you can get Luke Garner. Um, and no stress. You know, you just know Garner's going to average 60 this year. Yeah. He'll score probably 10 to 15, 12 tries. Probably, I reckon, Garner. And, he, and just on tries alone, he'll average 60 yeah. with what his normal fare is, you know. So... Um, to me, he doesn't stack up against someone at the same price in the second row forward, and I would prefer to take Cheese. He's got a handy jewel. And like you said, if you believe the narrative of him playing big minutes at lock and they've given up on Tino at lock, 
and they like Aaron Clark. He, he, the Titans look better with Aaron Clark at lock. Let's 100%, 100%. not. 100%. They look great there. And I, I was just like, wow. I thought Aaron Clark was such a shit hooker. I played hooker when I played, and I thought he was hopeless. But when I when he got into the 13, we're like, whoa, the Titans look better. He, he looks really good there. So um, you can buy into a narrative. Just be prepared that you may not get the narrative that you want. He's, very, he's very much a trial watch for me. Um, yep. Hey, look, we might lose a lot of credibility here, but I'm very keen on, <laughs> on Jacob Little. Not for yeah. round one, not for round 10, but his buy is around one, around 16, round 20. He is out one week from rounds one to 20. We've been talking all podcasts. We've been recording now for 46 minutes about yep. how shit middle cover is. And Jacob Little is there. Now, let me let me present my case. 467K, yes, it's just way too much for me to start with for round one. I'm not suggesting him being a buy uh, right now, and that does represent in the 0.3% ownership. Uh, did average 44.4 last year. I've got him pushing 60 at 57 this year, so a 13-point uptick. Um, in draft, I genuinely think he could be a top eight hooker. Uh, and could be a great rate, a great late round pickup. As you know, some people at that stage of the draft only look at averages. If they filter by average, they'll see he averaged forty last year, and you know pass up on him. Uh, but I think he could be a fantastic um, you know hooker because he did finish as the hooker sixteen last year, and I've got him you know hooker eight, nine, or ten. So a big, big uptick there. Uh, One hundred seventy-four Dragons fans are starting with Jacob Little. You, I respect. I, I respect that. Yeah, I respect The yeah. pros. In games over 70 minutes last year, he averaged 63.2, which was slightly higher than his 24-month PPM of 0.84. Getting really, really stats heavy here. Um, so it does show Little can have that impact, and he also does cover the middle periods of the year, only missing round 16. So he could be a great 55, 60-point middle, like uh, mid-price option through the origin periods this year. Um, early on, if you'd look, if you're one of the 0.3% of people that are starting with him, early on with Sullivan, you know, questionable, Amone stood down, uh, career number 14, Moses and Byers, hands could be full playing six, playing one, playing whatever. Um, so it could see Little's opportunity for bigger minutes to start the season and, you know, you know, show, show Hook Griffin that he can be a 65 plus minute hooker. Um, and yeah, basically he could, uh, you know, have a hot start with a 60 plus average at only a 44 price. So, you know, if you can get 16 points of average pretty early on, fantastic. The problem is around one buy. That's why I'm not starting with him. Um, but as I said, you know, only being out around 16 and that's why, and that's the thing, like people are going to laugh when I say, oh, Jacob Little excites me. Obviously not for the first two months, but... But enough to be put put, put him on your watch list. Of course, and that's the thing. Like, on the price. If you've been listening to anything that Adrian and I have been saying on podcast, there's fuck all options for like... There's there's nothing throughout the middle of the year, and Jacob Little could be that 55, 60-point guy. The cons, however, minutes, minutes, minutes. Jacob Little is definitely one to consider at the right time this season. Don't rule him out at all. Um, but when the Dragons are fully fit, what is Hook's plan? And, you know, that's that's the hard thing. Um, quick, he's, Hook's, hooks, um, he's he's in line to get the hook. Exactly. Uh, he, the, he could pull some wild stuff this year. Quick, a little bit of housekeeping before we jump into the near cheapies. Uh, the Dual Position podcast, this code is exclusive to people that listen and watch. Adrian and I won't be releasing this code to the public. So you only get in uh, if you listen. The group code, grab a pen. Nine triple eight one three for any prizes. No, we haven't worked that out yet. I'm sure that we will look uh, look for something. I'll uh, I'll message. You can have an Adrianosaurus um, polo if you want. I've got a few of those. I might I'll talk. I might talk to, to our. Winners. I might talk to our wonderful sponsors and see if we can get some prizes put up. But um, yeah, look, that was sort of the middle portion. That was sort of our middle cover. 
Uh, you, you remember know. that try where Little ran like a good half oh, of the field? And he outran Charlie Staines. I was Charlie Staines. I was out. I was screaming my TV that night. Um, That's enough. That's enough for you to have Jacob Little on your watch list. I reckon fastest, lad, fastest hooker in the game. Um, this yeah. is this is our next part. It's going to be our tier three, so our near cheapy kind of guys. Um, you know, yep. no one, no one here is more expensive than three hundred and eighty k. Um, so yep. we move into that next tier of hooker, and that's headlined by Parramatta's new number nine, Adrian. Josh Hodgson. Look, I'm wearing this, mate. You know I love Josh Hodgson. I've got a lot of love surely, for him. Surely you got to pick him. You know that photo of him with like just the raging biceps in the single? Like yeah, you got to pick him just based, raging, off, based well, off that. Look, take a picture of his friggin' knees. Have a go at the knees. Because <laughs> he's coming off back to back ACLs. Bro, um, he's thirteen percent sorry, he's thirteen percent ownership. Oh, what the mate. fuck? <laughs> what the hell is going on this year in Supercoach? Um mate, I, I can't believe I've just gone, what the f- going on here people owning josh hodgson because um even if um you thought that he was going to be healthy and he's into a good team he's not ever been super coach relevant he's never been good um he's three hundred eighty-five thousand six hundred. he's 12.8 percent owned he's crazy times there's Jesus so many Christ. i could pick um five hookers i would prefer to go I I, think, i'd rather go sunny luke i think he's i think obviously look his average last year was 52.4 um, well, 2021. Or, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah uh, his average in 2021 was 52.4. I think he's priced this year at about 36. So, you know, yeah. there, there is a bit of value there, but God, 30%. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, the, the where you lose the value that you might have had is back in 2021, he was a lot healthier and a lot younger. Um, he averaged 75.2 minutes. Um, he's not going to play more than 70 minutes. He can't play 80 minutes a game. Now. I don't even think he's playing seven. I'd, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if he yep. play, if he plays more than 62. I'd be shocked. Look, That's right. La- so later on, everything in the season, that he would have got, everything that he could have got, um, in an upside, he's gonna he's gonna drop in in the minutes he can't play anymore. That's that's back to back ACLs. Thirty three or something. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now... That's early. I think I think he will play bigger minutes as the season progresses, but you're taking such a gamble early on. Like you got Jake Arthur there, uh, even Mitch Rain. I'm pretty sure still at the club. Like Hodgson's old and he's frail. He, sorry, he's 13 percent ownership. Let's just far out. I mean, people must think he's going to play 80 minutes because they're not going to go in with a hooker, or, or they might think that old mate Arthur's son's going to come on and play five minutes at the end of the game. So they might be thinking that Hodgson's going to play 75 minutes. Um, look, his buys are in round 14, round 18, round 27, so he doesn't have what Little has um, in the tier above. Um in my draft notes is if you missed all the good hookers and you could just skip hooker and, and make it your last pick of the of the game in the draft, Hodgson will probably still be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's my draft notes. Um, look, uh, his pros, Ari, is his price. There was a time that they said Hodgson was, um, you know, the next best hooker in the game and next to Cameron Smith. Um, 
And you look, he's lo- going long into a time grand, ago. Jesus. A long time ago. Yeah. He's going into the grand final team from last year. Um, if he gets um his career minutes, which is must be why people are owning him. So like 75 minutes, he's gonna average low 50s because his career PPM is 0. 0.7. And, um, look, so- and look, that's value. That's value because he's priced yeah. like 33, 34. That's value. But he ain't playing 75 minutes. I'm confident. No. Yeah, so I'm saying if he gets his career best, forget about his average PPM. Yeah, you're talking best case best, scenario. Yeah, his best career um, PPM was 0.82. So he gets his best ever and he plays 75 minutes. He'll average 61.25. So it's a lot of if this and if that. And he's had two back-to-back ACLs. He's 100 years old. But yeah, you'll play 75 and he'll get his career best um, PPM. I know that. I know that. You know, my voice and my platform has a little bit of sway in ownerships and, you know, I make a tweet on someone and their ownership goes up a little bit. I better be checking Josh Hodgson in a week's time and seeing this ownership under 10%. If it's not... I mean- I'm a Raiders fan. I've got... I mean, I've got a I've got a Raiders jersey that I got... The girlfriend gave me as a present and Josh Hodgson was my favourite player. It's got a nine on the back. The Canberra Milk one. Um, So, I loved him. He was such a... I mean, look, we wouldn't have made the grand final... Without Josh Hodgson um, and what he what he did to the club, all the Englishmen, but mainly him with his wiliness and just having an elite hooker was such a big thing for us. But we offloaded him, and it was the right thing to do. I really think Josh Hodgson's going to be good there. I, I think um, he'll be good at the, at the Eels. I just don't think he can play anything. I, I, yeah, I can't see anything more than 60, 65, 65 at the, best. The, the, um, the there's prob- not enough minutes for him to do anything. The problem is when he does get minutes, like obviously I think he will get more minutes as the season goes on. But like yeah. when he gets the miles. start, not 12.8% to start. When the, when the miles get in his legs, around 14 and 18, he's out. So he's like, he's out that middle part of the year when he's probably going to be at, at his fittest. So it's just like. We're going to cover somebody who's going to average 10 points more than him who costs the same. So we'll, we'll get to them. Um, I was like, you never take him over cheese at all. Um, there's bet and there's much better, um, options. His point per minute is average and it's actually declining. Um, I can't see him playing enough minutes to be relevant. He is an absolute hard pass for me, unfortunately. Absolutely. Hey, Josh Hodson at 13% ownership, Tanner Boyd's at 14. I don't yeah. see. I don't see how the night and day between these two. Tenor Boyd, three hundred and eighty-four k, fourteen point two percent ownership. Last year, averaged thirty-six point six. I got him tipped at a, you know, push and sixty. Um, buys in round five, thirteen and sixteen. Uh, so not fantastic, but we're not picking him to be a keeper. Um, the thing with dra- with draft is he's got a fantastic duel. He can come in and cover. Um, however, with the classic hype, as we touched on before, he could be overdrafted. Um, I'd ideally yeah. like to pick him up round five, round six, uh, but I would not be surprised to see him taken mid-round four, and that's the problem. Like Classic will pump up draft player stocks. With, yep. uh, with his pros, goal-kicking halfback, inside for feeder, in a side that can put up points available at hooker, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing how he's 1% different to Josh Hodgson. This is why there is genuinely huge hype around him and genuine 20 points undervalued, I think. Um, and if you, if you forego the one game in round five when he's out, um, he could be printing money for two and a half months up until round 13. Um, yep. So I would not be surprised to see Tanner Boyd pushing 570, 570,000, which is, you know, nearly, nearly $200,000 in value. The cons for, for Tanner Boyd, as much as he's pegged into play seven, 
Justin Holbrook's in that case. Uh, job security. Boyd has showed value to Holbrook at 9 and 14. And with Aaron Clark moving from 9 to 13, as we suspect, um, there's also still the potential star in Toby Sexton, who I doubt they get, they give up on him the after just one star. season. I, I think he's like, he could be a genuine like... I, you know, he, I call him Toby Suxton. He sucks. <laughs> I think he could be at a similar level to like a Jamal Fogarty uh, as he matures. Like oh, not, well, that's what they thought when they got fantastic. rid of Fogarty. Yeah, not fantastic, but I think he could be like, you know, if you were ranking halfbacks 1 to 17, I think he could be like a 8 to 11 kind of guy. Like I think Sexton, there's still a career there um, and that, and I doubt they just give up on that after one season. Um, yeah, he's going to always be lurking and that is the absolute yeah. fear, I reckon. And that's the only fear because, you know, Supercoach is offering us value picks this year. Um, Brandon Smith is one of them, and Boyd, they look just even like getting extra 25 and minutes. And that's the thing. It presents it's, huge value. It's a gamble, though. If if if, Tanner Boyd, if Justin Hobart came out and said, Tanner Boyd is my seven all season long, I'm not making any changes, there's no chance he'd be 40% ownership. He'd be 35-40. But, yeah, you're taking the gamble on that. And, and a struggling Titan side could make mass changes, uh, and Kieran Foran is not one of the going to be those mass changes. So Kieran Foran would be there through thick and thin, so there's you know one spot for Boyd to hold on to. Um, so yeah, seven players can't go into one. Uh, and if you have the AJ Brimson issue, does Jaden Campbell stay at 14 all year? Does Brimson pair four and in the halves at some point? Like if you're a gambling man and you want to have that 20, 25, 30 point upside, Boyd's your guy. Um, it isn't with risk, however. Now, something on Tanner Boyd, um, all these dual position guys, we're going to be covering them at what we think is their best position, um, what they present the most value at. So Boyd won't feature in our halfback podcast, for example. Yeah, well, that's where I've got him. Yeah, look, I've got him. I've got him at halfback actually at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, but I you make it. He's... Everyone, everyone else is saying, get don't don't go with Harry Grant. Go with um, Hines instead because Hines has got the ceiling. That's literally. I think that's the bat, and that's what I'm coming down to. Uh, Hines versus versus Cheese, and uh, not Hines versus Cheese. Hines versus Grant, and that's sort of where Boyd falls in. Whichever side you fall on the fence of, that's Boyd shifts in the other side. Um, yep. But yeah, that's Tanner Boyd. What do you what do you think? I've, I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking him in halfback and skipping Hines, and I'm, I'm going with Cheese as my backup hooker. So I'm actually taking some value in hooker and in halfback, and with Schuster in five eight, which uh, I think that, you know, that's three of my six being cheapies or mm-hmm. middies, which is a different strategy. I really like to have four gun halves traditionally, but. This year, we're going to have a buy every week. I've got three roosters, and in that round where I'm going to have Angus, Teddy, and Cheese out, um, I want to spread my money a little better so that I've got people. People are going to be playing Sloan, you know, so you've got to save money somewhere, and maybe half is not the place to do it, but with somebody like Boyd available, I think you can do it, and if he averages 60, he gets up to his 550, you know, you're just going to try to get him... To, to the one you want to finish with or I'm, one of the better ones as quickly as you can. I'm going to plug my social medias once again because what's a dual position podcast without me plugging my social media? Um, I did a post the other day, Ada, and obviously I've sent it to you. Um, every team's goal kicker. Surprisingly, Boyd was the second best by career percentage. Boyd, Boyd is the second best goal kicker behind Cleary at like 82%, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, l- last year last year it was hashtag Boost for Elliot. This year it's hashtag Tanner Time. Uh, I'm all aboard. Who else do we have yep. in the tier three list? We got Mitch Kenny, um, three hundred and ten thousand two hundred. He's no, 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 no. You're not stealing my Mitch Kenny spotlight. You've got Jaden Sullivan, oh. and I've oh, got Mitch Kenny because I'm going to absolutely 
bathed the oh, bloke. You should have. T- yeah, oh, all right. Yeah, go on. I would have bathed him as well. We can. Because I was looking. I'm looking at our notes. Um, look, Jaden Sullivan, five eight, and Hooker. So he's got an interesting duel. We look at um Tanner Boyd, and we look at um. Aaron Clark, you know, those are different ones. We've got a 5'8 hooker here, which could be handy to you at some point in the season. He is 3.2% owned. Uh, his average in 2022 is 30.3. He only got a, a miserly 40.66 minutes last year. Um, he is tipped to start in the halves there. And, you know, I don't think he's going to really get a rest, is he? And where are they going to play him by? Probably spelling in hooker, I would imagine. Um, but he's uh, projected this year for a 58.4. That's if he plays 80 and he goes at his career um, PPM, which was hooker PPM. Um, that's where he usually played, wasn't he? he played, I think he played a game or two in the halves, didn't he? Um, but 0.733 is his PPM. So 58.4 uh, for Jaden Sullivan. And that's why 3.2% of people are jumping on him. Uh, his buys are obviously in round one with the Dragons. Um, he has a buy in round 16, around um, 20. Uh, in draft, um, the jewel we've that's, we've we've harped on about that. Um, he's a handy waiver pickup and plonk him on your bench. You know, if you've missed and you sort of made a bad pick or whatever, um, I don't know if he would be picked up. Um, people probably grab one of those other ones that have got a handy jewel, and you know, the dragon stinks. So Sullivan may not get picked up. Um, but pretty, it is a handy jewel. Pretty common, um, pretty common denominator here when we're talking about these. Um, yeah. you know, guys in draft who aren't starters. A lot of the guys that we are liking are the ones with jewel, just because it offers more flexibility. He's a handy one for your bench, and I don't think anyone will pick him up in the live rounds. Um, he's pros. Um, he's cheap because he had low minutes. He was a bench utility, and that's a common theme with these. Um, Tanner Boyd's and. Even cheese, it was off the bench and in in the bad books, you know. So we expect that they're going to get a a bigger minute roll. Um, and and Sullivan, if things go the way um we're hearing, um, it could be on for a big minutes uptick. Um, so that's where you can find your value at times. Um, in Super Coach, um, I, I have him and Boyd, um, who's slightly ahead with his goal kicking as the best kind of three hundred k options if you wanted to go, um, cheaper in your half. Or in your five eight, like you might have Schuster up, and I know some people have got Schuster up in their second uh, row, and they're using Sullivan in their five eight backup. Um, I don't know if I'd do it, but I mean, he's one of the better options, I think, because I'm predicting a fifty eight point four, and he's undervalued. He's gonna, and you know, if he if he if he comes in and actually starts in the half and plays for you know the whole um, eighty minutes, his job security does look pretty good. With Amone, I don't think he's going to come back at any time soon. Although, um, do you think that if he has a couple of bad games, they'll just put Embo into the halves? Oh, 100%. That's the, that's the issue. Um, uh, I don't know. Coaches love Embo, and he's always going to get Yeah, I don't know. Good. Well, I mean, Hook's going to lose his job over Embo. Jack, Jack Bird's also a threat to play six um, when yeah. he's fully fit as he's well. He's injured, so. though, isn't he? You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, when he's fully fit. I mean, it's just, it's it's gross. And, and the round yeah. one buy, it's not like... It's not like well, that's what, picking what, Tyrell what scares Sloan. Me off, yeah, what scares me off him is two things. Um, Hook's a lunatic, um, and Sullivan, he, he, they, he's been, um, Hook has not been nice to Sullivan or to um, Sloan, and he's shown that in his history, saying they're not ready, you know, I'm going to go with these old, he's dad's army, isn't he? So he's going to bring on one of these other ones, and it just makes me so scared over him. Um, also, he's got hammy problems, and he's currently out with a hammy, you know, and they don't think he's going to be there for the charity shield with the hamstring injury. He's one of those ones that has had serial hamstring issues. So and then we have um, to sight, and then we sight have, unseen in round one. Yeah, we have to pick him blind, basically. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to pick him blind. 
we there I just I have that feeling like you know how why your heart skips a beat you're like he's not ready to go for round two you got him there and they start and by and by has a half decent game and Sullivan just gets fifteen well, that, minutes. That's off the why bench. and and we'll talk about Tyrell Sloan on the center wing podcast so that's why I'm petrified of starting. I'm going to start with Sloan but I'm petrified of it because oh, who knows. Um, yep, so three point two. I think that that's probably um, you know it's it's people that are, are trying to take the value where it's, it presents. I prefer others. I much prefer Tanner Boyd if you're using Sullivan in hooker. Uh, at in the five eight, I just say, well, I mean, I think that um, Schuster presents way better value in the five eight position than he does in the second row. I think there's going going to be some decent options in the second row that you can go um, for a cheaper price. Um, and I prefer them to Jaden Sullivan. So I, he, I don't, I don't have the balls to do it. I'll tell you what, you think three point two percent ownership is too high for Jaden Sullivan. Mitch Kenny is eleven percent owned. Eleven for Mitch Kenny. Mid Ken, mm. Mid Kenny, three hundred and ten k. Last year averaged twenty nine point five. Mate, if he if he gets forty, I reckon, I reckon we're on. But I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I think on the notes originally I had 45, but with the news that Sonny Luke might be taking the bulk share of the minutes, I've dropped him down to a 38. Uh, buys in round three, round 13, round 19. Crucially with round threes, he won't make money until the first month. So it's going to take him four weeks to, to make some cash. Um, for draft, I have zero interest in Kenny. Absolutely none. He's going to be overdrafted way too much. I genuinely think he's undraftable. Um, no jewel, not a starter in my draft size. Let others take him too early and be punished. Uh, you never want you never want to take the sting out of the game player. No, 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 no. You never want the Zach Wolfords of the world. Um, look with behind the curtains with these notes, we generally have them written down. I have nine lines of cons for two lines of pros. (laughs) You're not a big Mitch Kenny fan. You're about as big on Mitch Kenny as I am on Josh Hodgson. Oh, mate. So Mitch Kenny, he does have some versatility to Cleary. Uh, that's probably the the most positive thing I can say. Um, he does obviously can play hooker. He can play through the middle. Um, and there's some obvious minutes opening up with Coruscant leaving. That's all of the, the nice things that I can say about Mitch Kenny. Um, from a super coach standpoint, uh, the cons at nine, his PPM is disgusting. You're getting like a 0.65 PPM. Now at 80 minutes, that's perfectly fine for his price, but he's not playing 80. We all know he's not. Sonny Luke was brought in at the expense of Kenny at times last year uh, and mentioned his, and before we mentioned, we mentioned his ability to play 13, so he can be spelled, come off the bench, come back on, whatnot. Um, between now and writing these notes, there's also been some reports that Mitch Kenny is going to be that take the sting out of the game hooker with Sonny Luke playing the bulk share of the minutes. Um, and yeah, I just see, I just think people are going to see a bloke named, named for Penrith, like named with a nine jersey at 300k and jump all over it. Um, I just think with Salmon, Peachy, Sonny Luke lurking, with James Fisher Harris and Yo being big minute middles, with Leota as a staple on that side, Spencer Lenu getting more minutes, Scott Sorensen played some great footy last year. I just don't know where any of these minutes are. Uh, Kenny's also got no upside. He's only scored over 60 three times in his career, Ado, and two of those being back in 2020, um, both of those needing 80 minutes. Yeah, one time back in 2019, netting 75 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, he's down to he, the live ownership is down to eight point. Oh, good. Okay, keep going. People I, are moving. Him. Yeah, I, it's going to keep going. I've written. I've written here. <laughs> Mitch Kenny is a glorified Chris Randall from 2022 with worse oh, minutes. With worse minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, people. Uh, you know, we can't be nasty to people that did own him because we everyone thought he was going to get sixty minutes, and that Sonny Luke was just going to come on for twenty minutes and spell him either side of half time, but it's not going to be like that. Not from the whispers we've heard. Uh, so, 
That is just scary. don't pick Mish Kenny. Like I said, people are <laughs> gonna, people are going to get the teamless Tuesday. See a Penrith number nine at three hundred k, and they're like, oh. Uh, look, if you pick Mitch Kenny after everything I've just said and you, like, message me on a Monday after lockout and being like, oh, Mitch Kenny's pretty shit, isn't he? I'm like, yeah. Mitch Kenny scored 25. Off what happened? Off. I mean, we tried to tell you back in February. Yeah, it's not a go. Um, are, you, are you done on Kenny? Uh, no, but let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I think, look, you can't have him. Uh, look, Danny Levi. Give me Danny Everyone's- Levi over Mitch Kenny. I'm, no, I'm not picking him. Danny Levi is the next on the list. Give me, um, give me him he, over Mitch Kenny, though. Fuck it. Oh, well, I mean, he's in the same boat um, as uh, as Mitch. Oh, uh, is, is, is he another take the sting out of the game, Hooker, you reckon? I think so. Um, 329,700. He's 0.5% owned. That's still too that. high. <laughs> um, look, Starling is on the bench. Um, Ricky does not play those minutes like... Uh, he doesn't play them lopsided. Like, it's not like... Um, Arthur coming on the bench for five minutes. It's, you know, Starling's going to play some minutes. He's going to probably play 30 to 40 minutes. So what are you expecting from Denny Levi? Anyway, um, he's 2020 average because that was the last time he was here, um, 41. Uh, I'm projecting his average um, 33. Yeah, and that's assuming he gets just, 50 minutes. It's just, it's just Raiders hookers, I don't hookers, think he's even going to get 50 minutes. It's just Raiders hookers in general, isn't it? Like you could chuck Zach Wolford um, here. You can chuck Tom Starling here. Tom Starling and Danny Levi, you don't touch because they are going to be in the most even minutes. Oh, that's my uh, oven. I'm cooking a roast. Um, that's the most even spread of minutes out of all the hookers. You know, maybe um, the Broncos there with Walters and that might have a similar one, but you can't touch either of them really um, for that purpose. Um so, look, there's whispers that he's going to start. Don't be fooled by that because you people who last year wanted to go Starling and thought he was on for a big year, and then the emergence of Wolford ruined it. Do you remember yeah, that glorious? Do you remember that glorious like three weeks where Starling played like 65 minutes and averaged like yeah. se- and, like average like 70? Oh, yeah. And then look, Rick Stewart is just always looking for some sort of no frills bloody thing to put in there and play half the minutes with him and then use Starling as an impact player with his, you know, quick off-the-mark footwork and stuff. But that's going to be the case for Danny Levi. Um, look, he's pros, the price. You know, there's a whisper that he's going to start. I'm not saying that he's even a pro because that's all just – it's an illusion. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Levi can do in a good team. Um, he's not actually ever played in a really good team from what I've seen. I don't think he's playing anyone this year either. Oh, get out, mate. Made the eight <laughs> last year. Where the frigging Tigers go? Got Melbourne in the first week of the finals. Hey, shut up. Had, a, had, a, had a prelim in 2021, 2020, maybe it was. No, we, no, whatever. We've done, we've made the grand final. Six again. That's going to wrap uh, up. That's going to wrap up the tier three hookers. We've got three more guys to cover. Uh, it's been yeah. a long one. Don't, um, touch, don't touch him. We, we, um, we've got we've got the avoid like a plague category. Now, I should have chucked Mitch Kenny in here in hindsight, but I've chucked in Appy Corusau at 666,200. 5.2% ownership, which seems pretty high to me. Um, last year, average 63.3. This year, I've got him pegged at a 60. Now, a three-point drop-off doesn't scream avoid like the plague, and I'm not saying avoid Appy for the whole season. Um, we will come on to that. Uh, his buys are round 7, round 13, round 17. So, available for Supercoach Finals, available for the back end of the season. Um, and in draft, I've got him pegged to sort of a late fourth-round pick. Um, uh, the pros, I really like the options that the Tigers have off the bench with Stefano, Fanua Bolle, Justin Matamua, Sean Bloor, Alex Seifarth. None of these guys are hookers. 
Um, Appy will be probably looked upon for 80 minutes, being the leader in that pack, which is why I don't see a massive fall off the cliff for him uh, with scoring, for example. Uh, he also is a really good spark of attack and... He's a really great creative player and should help Brooks and Dewey a lot. Um, he also finishes the buys quite early, uh, as we've touched on. So he's available for the back end of Supercoach Finals, which is where I think his value will show um, and rise and ownership will rise as he becomes set in set in a new team. The reason why I think he's a sort of an avoid to start the season is just with a career high um, PPM, like after a career high last year in averages, he's coming. He's coming to as a very awkward price, you know, mid six hundreds, and I just don't see him as a season keeper, and I don't see him having the early upside like a Robson. I just think it's going to take his time to get his scoring back. I think he will potentially finish the season like a five round average at the end, end of the year, like maybe seventy, uh, and that's why he probably will be relevant pre- pre- in people's sides as the year ends on. Um, and I think the run home at a discounted price will be ideal. But I just think he's avoided like the plague for the first early stages. I think 5.2% ownership. I was very surprised at that. that seems awfully high. I mean, going from the Panthers, even though there's a lot of great players there, that but they just make Coruscant look better. He complimented them. They complimented him. Um, there's a lot of um, ifs. You know, they've, they've built a roster there, but none of those guys have played a lot together. And I agree with you. I think he might start a little slower and... Pick up as oh, don't, do not be surprised. Come round 20, round 21, Ado and I are sitting here doing this podcast and being like, hey, Appy, Appy Chorus has a buy. But I just don't yeah. see that being, you know, the first 10, 15 rounds. Yep, I agree. Um, look, Jerry Marshall King, 610,700. There's these guys that are really awkwardly priced. He's 0.8% owned. Um, and I don't think um, that's, I think that's still too high. Um, his 2022 average was 58. That was off to seventy point uh, five minutes. That's the thing. Um, I'm projecting him this year for fifty two point um, five um, average. He's gone to the Dolphins team, which we're not expecting a great um, deal on. I've raised his PPM and said he's going to play seventy minutes for him to get to that fifty two point five. Last year was his career year, and he averaged fifty eight. Yeah, I just don't see you it. Know, so, do you buy into um, the, look, Do you buy into the narrative that that Wayne's that killed Wayne Bennett kills Supercoach hookers? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, if his career year was fifty eight, I think Bennett will kill kill that down to a fifty two. Yeah, um, that's my tip anyway. Uh, look, Jerry Marshall King is somebody I like him as a player. Um, Dogs fans are like, oh, Marnie's a huge upgrade, and I was like, is he is really? He, is he really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm asking, you know, because I thought Jerry Marshall King was had a pretty good year last year, personally. Um, but, look, I, I think the Dolphins, are, I'm not expecting much of them. Not to mention they're going to have Cody Nicarima on the bench and Ray Stone. Our boy, our, 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 our mascot of the show. Yeah. So, look, um, I'm just expecting this year that he's not going to play 70.5. I mean, I'm just assuming he's, if he gets 70, which you've got two guys that can spell decent minutes in there. And we know that Wayne loves Nicarima, so... Uh, look, I can't see him getting 70. I think this could be his lowest minutes over the last... His minutes have been getting better because he was called on to play 70 minutes last year, and I don't think he's going to actually play that this year. Yeah. Um, Around 11, around 16, around 21 for his buys, which I don't think is very handy for you as well. Um, Look, last year was his best year, and that's why he's 610,000. He did have a good year last year. Um, let's not um, forget about that. He was pretty solid last year for 58, and he was a really low price to start the year. So, um, unfortunately, this year he's priced at a maximum. There's no value there, and we're expecting him to trend down ever so slightly, but down nevertheless. Um, 
he's too expensive to start. Um, and you you're all hopeful that he'll get seventy minutes, but with those those guys on the bench who are really competent hooker spelling people, um, I just don't see it. A eh? you 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 would not be starting with him. And point eight, it's got to be all doggies fans. I wouldn't touch him. I'd be avoiding him. Hugely this year. Career year 58s are not people that you want to start your year with. No. Uh, the very last player. I'm surprised we've managed to get it done under an hour and 20. I thought we'd be here for two hours. So I'm very, very surprised we've done it for an hour and 20. Um, that is Sonny Luke. Are you surprised at 6.2% ownership? That seems a little high for me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's some good value players in there. You know, oh, it is 200,000, isn't it? Up that's to, why, and that's um, why. That's geez. why. And that's the thing. Um, and that, that's his big. That's his big benefit. But I don't know. I just yeah. think with all the value at Hooker, I think we could probably skip on Sonny Luke. Last year, averaged 19.3. I mean, I had him pegged at 30, but now with the news of you know playing bigger minutes, maybe a 35. I mean, even that's like it's not huge value. Um, his buys are in round three, round 13, round 19. In draft, I have him pegged as undrafted and probably not even worth a waiver pickup. Um, the pros, obviously, are the price. Uh, a cheapie, one of the best teams in the comp, will always tempt people in. And with no cr- clear stranglehold on the number nine jersey, the minutes are up in the air and need to be taken by someone. And that's looking like it's going to be taken by Sonny Luke. Now, the cons, very similar to Kenny. I just don't see much upside. Uh, I think there's much better options at discounted prices um, who present just much more value. 40 minutes max, maybe 40, 45 minutes max, um, which is you know 30 points. It's going to be a slow plod with not a whole lot going on for Sonny Luke. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that people are probably saying, um, you know, what if you get Boyd and he's averaging 40 and, and Sonny Luke's 200K cheaper. And because I'm going with Sonny Luke, I can go with Hines and Cleary in the halves. So people are probably looking at it in their build. And I know that Sonny Luke's value, um, ownership's gone up into 8.8. He's gone. There's probably Kenny people going to Sonny Luke. Yeah. Um, he's not, he's not someone I want to go because I think there are some really in Boyd and in, um, and cheese. There's some savings to be had in there. Just don't get too greedy, in my opinion. So, um, I'm going to be skipping Luke. I did float the idea of having him in there and getting that extra couple of hundred K and you can do other good, good things in your team with that 200 K, but we can, we can play cheese on us if we want to. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like if you're picking Sonny Luke to get Heinz, Look at who your fourth reserve is then. Like, how much of a drop off is it? Like, that's, and that's what I'm looking at. Um, but that is going to wrap up the, God, the, the very first position podcast. I've got no guarantee when these are going to be released, but I will make a promise to you that they will all be released by the Sunday before Teamless Tuesday. Um, mate, thank you so much for having me. A little bit more house cleaning to do. Our group code for the dual position podcast, nine triple eight. One three, and as always, this podcast and every podcast moving forward is sponsored by Bet with Joel, Australia's best and most trusted sports investment team. If that's something that you want to get into, please feel free to check out the website. I'll put some links in the description and some discount codes for you guys. Ado, mate, we're going to be back with front row forwards. Uh, I've got a premium that somehow snuck his way into my side, and I don't know if that's going to stay, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll touch yeah, on it. I've right. seen him going into a lot of people's teams. I'll um, I'll, I'll go uh, devil's advocate on those. No, all, all get, good. Get you one who's going to average the same for 200k cheaper. But anyway, talk about front rowers on the next one. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, you guys have appreciated these ones. As you can tell, a lot of research has gone into it, which has taken a little bit of time to get it out. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing these for all seven positions. Uh, originally, Ado and I had planned to do some tr- trial recaps. 
uh, but I'm probably not going to have enough time to watch all the footy, <laughs> so I'm not going to have the time. I think we're, there's more value in these, you know, position podcasts. Hopefully, this has helped people think about Hooker a little bit more. And, hopefully, and this has helped. Strategy. Hopefully, this has helped people uh, identify Jake Little as uh, must have come round eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm thinking more cheese and Boyd stuff, but yeah, keep nah, it, Jake, keep it Jake Little. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Guys, thank you so much for sitting and listening to uh, 80 minutes of pure dribble. Uh, we'll be back with front row forwards. I'm dreading doing the two RFs because that one could be that one could be long. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Have fun. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 